Hi, welcome to Financial Planning Explained, and I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. As you know, we like this show to be educational in nature and entertaining where possible. And what we like to try to do is follow any of the uh, six areas of financial planning. Uh, today, I'm, I'm very excited and couldn't wait because we scheduled this months ago. Um, my guest today is a client of mine. I'm a client of hers. And I just think it's really, really exciting. Uh, who I have with me today is Carol Verhake. Carol, thank you very much for coming and being on my show. Thanks for having me. Uh, Carol was uh, corporate America. You know, she's a project manager, fairly high up the food chain, if you will, in corporate America. And I think this is just the inspirational story of someone who's able to break away from doing the grind every day. Sound about right? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from the grind every day to do something what they really, really wanted to do, which was, uh, you know, your passion. So moving away from the grind and tackling your passion and making a business out of it. And that's what you did. You're an inspiration okay. to me, and I hope that you're an inspiration to many. And, you know, for the longest time I know, you wanted to get out, you wanted to get out. You had an opportunity, but I wasn't ready yet. Right, that's you know, true. You weren't ready yet. Your company went through a buyout. Now all of a sudden, and I've been through buyouts. I hate buyouts. And that it's probably stressful. wasn't easy. It's stressful, that's a good word, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so how long were you thinking about doing that transition? I think I was thinking about it for many, many years, <laughs> <laughs> probably even 20 years. Yeah, I could see that. Because it started with me landscaping my own property. Right. And realizing I was pretty good at it, and I was getting compliments on it, and it just transitioned to taking classes mm -hmm. at Longwood Gardens, getting certified in ornamental horticulture. Right taking landscape design classes. So for 20 years, I was experimenting at my own place. And I think it was that second opportunity when it was clear to me that corporate America didn't want people over 50. And I had personal things going on with my right. family. Right. And you had helped to encourage me that the time was okay financially right. <laughs> to well, jump off the bridge, basically, and do what I love. So it's interesting you say that because I did the same thing 21 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went from corporate America, which was frustrating. Um, you know, it, it didn't allow entrepreneurialism, which is what I was, but it just really wasn't having fun anymore at yeah, work. Right. You know, maybe the people were fun, but just the work that I was doing wasn't fun. Right. Um, and it, it's a whole lot different working for yourself, isn't it? Totally. You know, one of the things I found is that I can work 40 hours for someone else and it's more of a grind than working 60 or 70 hours for myself. Are you finding the same I thing? I am finding that. And, and the hours are huge. I mean, I definitely worked less hours in yeah. corporate America, even though I worked a lot of hours, but I'm on all the time because I'm doing the work during the day and then I'm billing and scheduling and designing in the evenings and the weekends. But when you're doing what you love, it's, yeah. it doesn't feel like that's work. right. It's not work anymore. Right. Exactly. And, and so I just love the trend. So were you really nervous making the transition? 
I think I would have been more nervous if my company had not offered a really attractive That's package. Right. <laughs> so I, in essence, was being paid for the first year. Right. So that took the financial pressure off, which was good, mm -hmm. um, because I did start slowly. And that's I already, what we talked about. Right. That's correct. I already had some design clients because while I was in corporate America and after I had taken all these classes, I was doing design work for people. So I had a client base to start with as yeah. I transitioned into the maintenance work. And that the helps. reason I took on the maintenance work is because I really needed that recurring revenue stream. So people don't redesign their foundational beds right. every month. <laughs> so I knew I would have some recurring revenue with designs, but likely different clients. But if I did maintenance work, then every month I would have money coming in, which was Define important. maintenance. Weeding, edging oh, beds. That's just a wonderful job. Occasionally mulching, although that's not our sweet spot. We really focus more on maintaining existing gardens. So cutting back perennials, deadheading, right. that kind of thing. I love mulching. Oh, good for you. Well, I don't actually <laughs> love mulching. Let me, let me redefine that. Mulching, I find to be one of the jobs that provides the amount of work that goes into it to how great it looks it, immediately It totally thereafter. dresses everything up. Uh, Absolutely. And, and the effort that goes into it and the cost, not bad. Yeah, especially if you use organic materials. Like I use ground leaves for my own garden. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And you use that also not just for, um, for the bedding material. You used to use that for compost too, I right? I do. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. I like to recycle everything. Well, it works. And I know that you also take a lot of your, call it garbage, but your, your what, how would you yeah, describe all it? the like produce scraps and things right. like that, eggshells, anything that coffee I'm using, grinds. coffee grinds that I'm using in the kitchen goes right in the compost pile, and then it becomes black gold. That's what they call <laughs> it. It turns, it turns black. black. I know it's amazing. Yep. It turns black. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, I don't want people to start dating you. Okay, so that's all right. Um, you spent probably thirty-five plus years in corporate America. Yeah, thirty-four. Good guess. Yeah. How long have you been out? Five years I've been no doing way. this. No way. Yes, full time. No five way. Years. Holy yeah. smokes. That's, that's amazing. I, I, I'm yeah. actually shocked by it. I would have guessed three. It's yeah. almost like when you yeah. see someone and say, how are your kids? You always add the number of yeah. years. Yeah. So I can't believe it's been five years. It Good has for you. been. I left corporate America the end of 2016. Good for you. Mm -hmm. So question for you on this. What would you say corporate America did for you to help you with your business? A lot of things. I mean, I had a lot of different roles in corporate America, but project management That's was a what key I figured, one. Okay. That one's huge because you're basically, you know, scheduling work, all my installations and things like that. I have to schedule, make sure I have the right materials, staff, et cetera. Communication is another big one. Mm -hmm. How to communicate, ways to communicate effectively. Those sure. are those are two key. And then just the overall understanding of the business. I was the director of an operations unit at the end, so sort of how a business runs. Mm -hmm. That helped me in terms of being able to manage the financial Oh, so did you have any financial responsibility when you were in corporate America? I mean, I wasn't a financial person, but I did in terms of the revenue and, and profits of our department, basically. Right, and so. so profits in a department, if you make or miss profits, it's not, you still get to go home at night and every other Absolutely. Friday you get your paycheck. You're not making the profits now. It's a different story. And I think that was the, that was a big light bulb for me when I had my own business because we would always talk about how much revenue we made, 
but the revenue doesn't really matter when you're a business owner. Right. It's really about the net income. What mm -hmm. are you taking home from that revenue? Correct. Um, but even just looking at the profit margins and things like that, I mean, I, I learned a lot of those skills in corporate America. Well, you do, but then there's the school of hard knocks and, you know, oh, yeah. on-the-job training and too. all that. Lots so of that, too. So do you enjoy, I know you always hated the numbers. It was not my, my favorite thing to do. Yes. Do you kind of enjoy it now a little bit because they're your numbers? Yes. Right. I enjoy it more and I understand it better. Right. Because it, it applies to me directly. Yes. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, it gives you a lot of motivation yes. when it's yours. Yes. So I'm every, every couple of weeks or so, I'm looking at my P&L just to see how I'm doing. And I love comparing it to the prior years. Uh, that is fun. You know, yes. I do the same thing. I actually look every day. Yeah. But not a P&L necessarily. Yeah. We do P&L monthly. Right. But I look at every so much stuff i look at every day every people look at me cross-eyed like i'm crazy but then again people look at me and right you there. love the numbers <laughs> and i love the numbers <laughs> and and it's you know numbers don't tell don't tell lies i mean they're, they right. they just do that right so tell me more about your business um you know you you got out five years ago mm -hmm. um you started to, how did you go about starting your business well i started with the maintenance like i said and I, I had a couple existing clients mm -hmm. because I had been doing design work, so we transitioned them into maintenance. And then from there, quite honestly, it was, it was a referral thing. Yeah. And once people knew, I mean, it really helped me that I was in corporate America. I was still connected to all those people right, all on those LinkedIn people. and yep. everything. They knew that I had left. There was even a Facebook page for the prior company. Mm -hmm. And I got, a couple, oh, really? I got a couple new clients just that way where they saw that I had started my own business and they reached out to me and before I knew it I had a pretty full schedule. That's amazing too because you know I think I reflect back to when I changed. Yeah. And I found that it was at first it was a monumental risk that I took. Mm -hmm. You know, married young children, she wasn't working and I went from a nice decent salary to no salary. Right. Okay, that's yeah. that's a risk. Yes. Um but it, 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 there was just so much that, that the whole transition, the risk, but gosh, I don't know where I was going with it, but it. But the reward is. The, the reward is unbelievable. Yes. And, and the hard work that goes into it is also right. unbelievable, but you don't mind doing it. Right. And when you yourself. look at those numbers, you know that you're the one. Right. You and your team. Right. You know, made it happen. So how many people do you have working for you? I have. It, it depends because I have a couple extra folks that I can pull from mm -hmm. for large jobs, but basically I have two. Two full time? Not well, not full time. One works with me four days a week, okay. and well, one it, one day a week. Okay, so. well, there's almost like one four yeah, plus one. Exactly. There you go. But I remember what I was going to say when I transitioned. Uh, everybody knew that this isn't what I did per se. Right. But I was doing all of the finance in the corporate side. Right. So when I flipped. A lot of people who were my former co-workers yeah. quickly became clients, a and that's what that's you found. That's what happened to me as well. And, yep. and to a great extent, it's because you established yourself as a knowledgeable, good, smart, hardworking individual in the corporate world. What's to say, why wouldn't they want to follow right. you? And it gets back to networking and relationships. Absolutely. everything's built upon. I remember when you did that, you were also held at, I think it was Longwood Gardens, you held some, or no, the Hardy Plant Society? Yes, I was the president, I, I was the president so. Oh, yes. really? So I tell was, me about that. 
Well, I held a number of roles in that, in that company, in the organization. Basically started out as the shade perennial person, and then they got me into the vice president role, the president, the past president. So it was probably about 10 years of, of working with that organization, and I'm still an active member. Yeah. It's great for anybody who loves plants and gardening because it's a group of over 700 Wow. Probably 750 or more now members who are just passionate about plants. So they. Well, I imagine too, you probably rubbed elbows with a number of people who did what you did, left corporate yes. America and did that. And, and it really is a variety. You have professional photographers in the group, you have people who join just because they want the seed exchange, because the, the members basically will donate seeds from plants, oftentimes rare plants. Really? that you can then get as, as a member. We can go shopping at wholesale nurseries. I mean, there are lots and lots of benefits to being a member of the Hardy Plant Society. Well, so that's I good. continue to be an advocate for that. <laughs> so, so here's what's interesting, and we gotta take a break in a moment, but this okay. is something that I found very early in my career, and I'm curious to see if you found the same thing, is if I saw somebody who is also a financial planner or a financial advisor, I immediately felt like they were a threat or a, comp a competitor. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that in the beginning? Not really, because I think there is plenty of work to go around for right. everybody. Exactly. And now I partner with those people because everybody has a different skill set. That's so what I, I found too. That's what that's I good. Do. That's good. Well, yeah. we're ready, believe it or not, to take a break. Okay. So uh, please stay tuned. Uh, we'll be back in a few moments uh, for this message. Thank you. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, and I'm here with my special guest, Carol Verhake, uh, founder, owner of Lasting Landscapes by Carol. And as I indicated before, uh, she is a, you did work at my old house, <laughs> and you did work at my new house, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But we kind of left off before talking about the transition into the business, mm -hmm. and you know, all good stuff. But I know full well as a business owner, not everything is rosy. Have you, you know, more recently there's been problems, struggles nationwide with uh, getting people. Are you having problems with that, workers, people to work for you? I, I did not have that particular issue. I've got a really loyal team, mm -hmm. and I'm grateful to them. One, I got through the Nextdoor app, believe it or not. That's how I found Astrid, my primary person. Oh, really? Another I found when I was working out at the gym. <laughs> and a fellow 
member of that particular oh, gym okay. who was in class with me said, I know somebody who might be able to help you. So, And I think because I am trying to manage the growth of my business and because I still want to be personally involved, yeah. I don't have the employee or workforce needs that another person might have if they're really trying to grow significantly and quickly. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Well, yes. I didn't have that problem in my first five <laughs> to eight years of my business. Well, and that's where I am. So right. perhaps exactly. that's something that will, well, will come. You know, uh, and I don't remember what the book was. It might have been um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or there was one that, that talked about it. I, it. Trust me as a business owner, it's not all about making money. It's enjoying what you do, helping people, and seeing a smile on people's right. faces. Right. But the way to make money is also making money on employees mm -hmm. because if you have a bunch of people working for you that are generating revenue then uh, it's generating revenue that you're not actually doing the work but I'm guessing knowing what I know about you mm -hmm. you and I have very high standards for ourselves right did you run a problem at all with concerns that your staff aren't and I'm not picking on your staff now. Did mm -hmm. you ever concern yourself that they're not going to do the same level of work that you do? I, I mean, I guess it's a concern, but I'm working side by side with them every day, so that helps me to sort of guide. But I have total trust in them now. But there are people that I've brought in for temporary assignments right. where it didn't work out that well, right. and I, I always try to have some sort of trial period just to see is that individual going to work out or not. Right. And, but one of the things that was difficult for my industry is the availability of plants, believe oh, it or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that getting up, them, a lot of them come from the West Coast. So getting the shipping, getting the truck drivers, getting the material from the West Coast to us was a challenge. So, in so some the supply cases, chain, is, is that continuing to hurt you? It, it is to a certain extent. I'm not sure what next year will bring, but a lot of the plant material sometimes you'll have to sub out. I can't get this particular plant, so here's a plant that's similar that maybe oh, I can okay. get. Right, 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 right. But having to make those substitutions was something that it's I had to I'm glad do. you said that because I was going to ask you that question and I forgot. Right. Um, so you do the three different pieces that you do is you do the design, and I remember right. the designs that you've done. Right. You do it mostly by hand, don't you? I do. Yeah, you don't, I mean, I even know though I know you know CAD, right? I don't really. Okay. Not not any sophisticated right. CAD equipment right, 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 right. for sure. But I do I do know how to draw from being a graphic design right, major right, in right. college because even though I was in healthcare IT for thirty four years, that's not what I studied. So honestly I still use the drawing table. <laughs> I, you know and what? I still Nothing use a it. lot of the tools that I had when I was in college many, many years ago. Well, so but I what? get satisfaction I think because the work that I do, I'm very hands-on anyway. Right. I mean, I'm in the dirt, I'm digging holes for plants, I'm putting them in, I'm mulching, I'm doing all of those activities. So I like being hands-on, and I think that translates into the drawings that I do. Well, sure. So you got the, the design, which mm -hmm. is where you design, yep. and then you've got the installation. Now, I know the design, and, and you know, my creativity outside of my line of work, because I'm extraordinarily mm -hmm. creative within my line of right. work, outside it, I might be able to draw the stick figure of a house. In <laughs> fact, um, I was going to have a patio, and you saw my patio. Right. If it were me designing the patio, mm -hmm. it would be one rectangle. Right. Okay, and this gentleman came in, and it was all this curved, and it yeah. was really cool, and then yeah. you came in and put the plants around it, but right. I would have never thought 
of all the things that you did, and I learned it from when you designed at my first house, right? that you had different colors, mm -hmm. you had different plants blooming at different times of the year, so that throughout my yard, I always had something blooming at one particular time, and it was somewhat color coordinated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I always strive for that. I mean, unless a client says they don't want it. But so far, everybody wants low maintenance. And, this guy right here. And all season interest. So I pretty much try to do those two all things. All season interest, what do you mean? What you just described. Oh, there's oh, okay. always something blooming every season of right. the year. Or there's something interesting happening, whether it's leaf, texture, right. variegation, whatever. Well, low maintenance is extraordinarily important to me, and I didn't think I was. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm, I don't know, plan it and forget it and let it be perfect. And, you know, you've done a good job as far as picking out. We've only had, we did have one plant die, I remember. Yeah. And that's because you encouraged me to water the plants right. a lot. And the one got overwatered. Yeah, think, apparently. Because right? I remember yeah. when we pulled it out of the ground, it was like this big swimming pool. Right. And maybe right. because it was a clay type of soil or something right. around it. Right. And I was overly diligent, which is surprising for me when there it comes to that. Because I get yelled at, if anybody buys me a plant, I tell them, you want to buy me a plant? You need to order it. I don't have plants in my office because right. they would die. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I'm... Uh, right. That's well, the way I Well, I prefer am. the ones that live outside myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I've seen your house, mm -hmm. and you just posted on... Was it, it was on your blog. You have a blog. I do have a blog That's pretty as well. cool. Yep, and every month I post something. Well, you posted something that was super cool, okay? That was the moon the thing? The moon gate. Oh, that I was know, really cool. I know. Everybody loves it, including me. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about it. I, 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 want, mm. I, I want everyone to, when they're, is it on your website, the blog? The blog is on the website, All yes. Right. I would encourage going to the website, checking this thing out. Even though I heard some expletives by the person who was filming it at just the very one, end. Just, just, one. just one right now. It's an ex expletive. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was really cool what you built in your backyard. Tell us yeah. about it. Well, and that's a per perfect example of collaborating with another landscaper because I'm not a mason. Right. And so I found someone who was really excited about this kind of once-in-a-life opportunity. But it's basically a circular gate made right. out of stone. By the way, how tall is it? Is it six um, feet? It's seven, seven feet to the bottom. So you can be so over I can six walk through feet and tall and, in my and head. walk through. Okay. Yeah, that was the goal. Good, good, good. But it was inspired by the movie Dare to be Wild, which was based, it's actually based on a true story of okay. a woman who was an Irish landscape designer who entered the Chelsea Flower Show with an exhibit that included a moon gate because she was trying to get people to connect, reconnect with the wildness of nature. And I love that because I think nature is so important to all of us, especially with everything we've been through in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's almost a spiritual experience to walk through the gate. Really? But, but the right. Mason had never built it. And so when I was there filming, I was filming the unveiling, which didn't go so well with the first yeah, one. It, it collapsed. It failed, yeah. But if at first you don't succeed, try again. And he and you built got on your an amazing try. one. Well, so first of all, don't call me a naysayer, but I was naysaying. When I was, you showed a, a number of different, I think, still shots. Probably. And then you had a video, maybe a 30-second or minute mm -hmm. video, where you unveiled it 
And it collapsed. And yes. Right. But I was like, there's no way this is going to work. Because the first time you did it, there was no mortar, right? I don't think there was, well, there clearly wasn't enough, especially on the side pieces. Right. Because I guess, and I don't know the exact engineering you know, components to it, but the stones, because they're perpendicular to the frame, are supposed to like push the weight around. Yes, that's an arch. An arch is and the strongest thing there is. That's why bridges are arched. Right. So, but there, there wasn't enough mortar in the side pieces. So. Oh, really? It, so it's that's where it collapsed. That pushed out, and then the arch fell. All right. So there, it does look dry laid. If people look at the picture, they'll see it looks it look, dry laid. It looked it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there is mortar in places. So for what it's worth, what it was was. Um, sort of flat rocks, right? They're mm -hmm. kind of sort yep. of this big, flat rocks, relatively right. thin. Was it a shale or, or what was it? It's a Pennsylvania field stone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, it, and it was built all the way around to the top. Now, when I was looking at it, it didn't look like there was any mortar in there. That's why I was the naysayer. And that's part of the goal. What, yeah, to or not to have mortar, right. Yeah. Well, but. Some people still don't like walking under it when they come uh, to yeah, the Well, yard. I'll tell you what, yeah, I would walk <laughs> under it I pick up the picture real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But my goal is to have it on the cover of a magazine someday, well, a gardening magazine. I actually thought when I was reading through it, and clearly I was mis misunderstood, I thought you had went somewhere and saw it. Or did you? It was the movie. Oh, it was the movie. I saw it in the movie. Oh, okay. That's okay. what I inspired thought, it Because I know what you do, uh, which I think is really cool, is as part of what you do, you go around to a lot of places where they exhibit. I do. And by the way, your home is an exhibit too, right? It is. It's a display garden for right. sure. It's beautiful back there. So you go around to other people's displays and you get ideas. Yeah, absolutely. I find inspiration everywhere. Are there TV shows that you, home and gardens, or are there TV shows well, that you watch? Well, in my opinion, there aren't enough relating to landscaping. There's a lot of home flipping shows and things right. like that, interior design, but there aren't a lot that are garden oriented. Well, I, I find things on YouTube. I just watched one on the Prince of Wales and his private estate and garden. So I'll seek out opportunities anywhere I can. And the Hardy Plant Society does a lot of tours. Right. Pennsylvania Horticultural Society does tours, so I'm always looking for opportunities to go see gardens. Right, right. It would be easier if you could see them on TV because then you could just you could watch a I lot could of tune them. I tune in while I'm doing my invoicing and things at night. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, there aren't too many opportunities that I've found. Yeah, that. you know, and so my brother does the same kind of mm -hmm. thing in, in the form of he does building, and he actually built his own house just recently. I don't know if you knew that. And all custom in there. And yeah. So what he get? By the way, some of the stuff that he has in there is just like super cool. I never even knew it existed. Yeah. Um, and what he does is because of the fact that he does a lot of, he's at a lot of places. Mm -hmm. He sees ideas. He watches Home and Garden, whatever TV right. shows that he watches, because it, you get ideas. Yeah. And we, I mean, here in the Philadelphia area, we're the garden capital of America. Really? That's what we're known as. Because really? there are, there's actually an organization called the Garden Capital of America. Because we have over here. 30 public gardens within 30 miles of the city. And there's even a little passport book that you can use that allows you to basically get a stamp if you're oh, cool. visiting each garden. But we have just a wealth of amazing gardens really? in this area. That's cool. And, and they are great inspiration for sure. Well, if you can believe it, 
we're up already. Oh, no. <laughs> this has been terrific. I'll tell yes. you what. Carol, you do a great job. You do Thank great you. work with your stuff. I know the passion that, that goes into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are people like me who actually will maybe to save some money or whatever the case may be. I mean, I don't want to do it all, but I like actually outdoor work. So mm -hmm. are there a lot of people like me who will dig the holes for you and help you do the planting? Yeah, there are some. It, I really try to be flexible to right. what clients want. If they want to get their own plants, that's fine. If they want to do the planting, that's fine. If they want to partner with me on it, that's fine. If they want us to do it all, that's fine too. Right, the full range. But you do terrific work. So Thank you. what I would like for you to do, if you don't mind, sure. uh, take a peek in the camera. Just okay. tell people who you are, what the name of your company is, where they can find you, website, all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, like Mike said, I'm Carol Verhake, and I am the owner of Lasting Landscapes by Carol. And that's also my website. So www.lastinglandscapesbycarol.com. I do have a contact form there, so you're welcome to go to that page for my email as well as my phone number. My office phone number is 610-296-7877, and I hope to hear from you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Carol. Thank that you. was absolutely fantastic. Thank I appreciate you. you taking the time. Happy to Thank do you it. for being the show. Uh, I hope everybody learned something along the way. I, I tell you what. Carol's the inspiration because she's someone who is able to break away from the grind of corporate America, pursue her dream of what she likes to do, wants to do, and make a business out of it. And I applaud her for the courage to do it. And I applaud her with being successful in doing it. And I'm sure you applaud yourself for living the dream and doing what you really love to do. Very grateful. Thank for you that again for coming and being on my show. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you next week.